0: Hello and welcome to the 4 444 Fantasy Football's Most Accurate Podcast. I'm your host, John Paulson. And this is a bonus, second one in the series of 11, I think, bonus episodes of the podcast dedicated to 2017 draft strategy. I have some of my favorite friends and analysts on from the industry. Uh, I met our current uh, guest at FSTA for his uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony of the Fantasy Sports Writers. Association in 2013. So we have a Hall of Famer on the pod today. Uh, his name is Bob Harris. You can find him on Twitter at Football Die Hard. Uh, he was FSWA's Writer of the Year in 2005. Uh, he writes exclusively for FootballDieHards.com on the web. And he co-hosts a show on SiriusXM XM Fantasy Sports Radio with Mike Dempsey called Football Die So welcome to the show, Bob Harris. Thanks for coming on. There seems to be a theme
1: here about dying hard. Um, uh, I hope that's not my demise. It's coming soon. I'm quite old. But uh, thank you for having me on in this whole most accurate thing. Would you mind rubbing that in a little bit more, John?
0: No, I just mentioned it at the top, and that's it. We won't okay. talk about it anymore. Right.
1: Uh, let me run. Uh, let me do that a little bit. John is very accurate, people. Uh, very accurate.
0: It scares me. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, thanks, thanks for that. I don't need that, but thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so the first thing I want to ask you about, we're going to talk about draft strategy at the top. And then we're going to get into some specific players uh, that Bob likes maybe more than others. Uh, some players that maybe he doesn't like as much as others seem to. Um, but the first thing I want to ask you about, and we, we, we both contribute to this fantasy football draft book. You, I'm sure you contribute yes. a, lot, a lot more than I do. Um, but uh, I was looking at looking at the opening here, and you're talking about a tip of yours about um, about running back value and volume. You want
1: to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I guess, you know, when, when you're assessing running backs and, you know, I started playing fantasy football in 1986. So there was such a thing as feature backs. We realized that, you know, times are changing. And, you know, back then you drafted those workhorse backs and they're a little harder to find, but they're still out there. And I think the two things, you know, I want two things. I want volume and value, uh, but I'll settle for one, uh, you know, one or the other. And so, you know, I'll pay up for volume. Uh, and and I'll look for value later and, and, and hope to come up with. It. And when I mean value, I'm looking for guys that I can draft in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, who you know aren't necessarily going to be frontline players, but still are capable of putting up frontline numbers on a, on a regular basis, or at least on occasion. Uh, one player who jumps to mind would be Danny Woodhead. Uh, certainly in PPR leagues, uh, you know, when used the way, let's say, San Diego is used. He is capable of coming up with running back one numbers pretty much every week. I mean, if he catches those eight passes, uh, OK, I'll take that every week, you know, whatever he gets on top of. it, he's also a bit of a cagey, you know, uh, a sneakier goal line back than people give him credit for. He's got a n- nice nose for the end zone. So, you know, him going to a team where there's going to be what, 320 plus targets uh, come open. And yes, they signed Jeremy Macklin. And I mean, you know, they're going to try and fill those. But. He seems to be a good fit, and he's a guy that you get relatively late. Bilal Powell's another guy, I think, that's going to get, you know, providing great value. Um, And we'll see what the volume is, maybe more. A guy that's both, maybe Amir Abdullah, who you're getting a fair amount later, and expected to get a decent volume, uh, and the price is right. So I'm I'm fine. I want both of those things. I'll settle for one, and there's a range of guys that, that do give you both. And I would just add,
0: and maybe ask you about a few guys that uh, you know, because we have our, we have our list of guys at the top that are going in the first and second round, and we're right. pretty we're pretty confident that they're going to get a ton of work. So, but we're talking about value and volume at the same time. So, you know, guys that are going maybe a little bit later than the, the guys that you were talking about there, Woodhead and Powell, I think, are seventh rounders. Um, right. There's a there's let me just throw four names out to you. Uh, these are guys that really look like they're going to lead their team in carries. Uh, I would guess that they all get at least 200 carries, and they're going in the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round. Uh, Frank Gore, I got him in the ninth round of an NFL 10. Legarrette Blunt, uh, probably the first and second down guy for Philly. Uh, Jonathan Stewart uh, for Carolina. How much does uh, Christian McCaffrey eat into his workload? And then finally Paul Perkins, who I I, I don't think he's that good, but he looks like he's going to be the RB1. It looks like he might even be a three-down back. Um, depends on how Shane Vereen holds up this year. What do you think about those four guys? As a-
1: I, I, I'm 100% with you on all these guys, and I would say Gore gives you a ton of both of these things. Remember, what did he finish? What was he, running back 12 last year? Last NCAA? two years. Last two years, I think, back-to-back. I mean, back. uh, right. So, look, Robert Turbin's going to sneak in some touchdowns, uh, you know, Marlon Mack, I don't have high hopes for this year. Every year in Indy, there's a, a Josh Ferguson, a, that guy that's going to come in and be the third down guy, whatever doesn't happen. And Gore actually, you know, is a is, is is a good enough receiver to get something done. So I'm with you on him. I'm with you on Blunt. You know, talked to uh, Jake Sealy from Roto Experts uh, Saturday. He's he, he he feels like Blunt is going to maybe the touchdown is going to regress greatly. You know, from 18 maybe in half. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But I mean, he is the the lone thunder in a field of lightning, there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've got a bunch of little speedy backs, and 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 the the Eagles, you know, end up in the red zone a fair amount, or you know, in goal line situations a fair amount. I think Blunt is a is a reasonable play. Just don't have last year's expectations, but we all know that. I mean, touchdown, high touchdown totals, you know, the the regression alarm goes off, and you factor that in. Looking at his current price, hell, I'm buying hard on him and on Stewart. I think a guy that I think maybe the most overlooked. Of these guys, I mean, we all have, you know, the, the Christian McCaffrey on our mind, but think to what the Panthers have have done, you know, what their M.O. has been. You look back no further than how they used Stewart and D'Angelo Williams together. They don't have a problem doing this. You've lost Mike Tolbert, one touchdown vulture. Uh, the plan is clearly to limit, you know, or at least diminish the punishment that Cam Newton's taking. We'll see if he can do, the, you know, if Cam is on board with that. Right. He's right. been their best goal line, line back. Stewart is very efficient, you know, in goal line situations, and does pretty well. And I, I just think people are just totally have totally bailed him. They just signed him to an extension. Uh, I think he's a guy that's widely overlooked. He's a guy I've been drafting more in the last couple weeks in NFL tens, etc. I think he's. I, I look. I think Blunt and Stewart are great best ball plays too. By the way, just to throw that in. Uh, and, and Perkins is a guy too that I haven't got him a lot, but he's there at that point where I want to draft him. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe there's guys that I like a little more at that spot or I'm a little more eager to get wood at. But again, the volume of value, I don't see. Do you see anyone in New York that's really a threat uh, to, to take that role? I don't know how good he is either, but I just don't see any threats there.
0: Yeah, he certainly looks like he's slated for first and second down duties. And then you just have Vereen eating into, right. his, eating into his potential catches. And that's that's the. I think that's the downside with him. If Reen stays healthy for 16 games, you just wonder what sort of PPR impact Perkins will have. Cause they, they really had trouble running the ball last, last year, uh, especially with the other two guys, Blair, uh, Gore, I think is fine in PPR, but blunt and Stewart, both, both of them, um, do not catch any passes. So you are opening. right. And, and that's why I think you mentioned that, that they're a good best ball play because you're not, exactly. you're not getting those three to four catches and, uh, 30 yards or receiving every, every single game. So, um, moving on, uh, Last week uh, on the Friday pod, I talked with Pat uh, Fitzmaurice about a drop off that uh, occurs for us that we see in the third round. And I was uh, discussing that with you in email, and you mentioned that you see a drop off in the fourth round. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Right. And I guess, you know, for me, there just comes a point where I don't want to, I'm old and mean and cheap. I don't want to pay for anybody. (laughs) And I'm sitting there and I get to that. And it's been more maybe about the fifth round, I guess. You know, I've seen it some in the fourth. But I'm just looking at the guys. I'm going, you know, based on ADP, there's guys that I would like to take, but I'm going to get them later. And what I've done is I've just filled that hole with quarterbacks, and it's got me a fair amount of Drew Brees. I can live with that. Look, I'm a late-round quarterback guy like most people in the industry are. Uh, you know, the, but, but when you reach a point in a draft where nobody's appealing, I don't have a problem jumping in on a quarterback, and that's what I've done a fair amount this year. And mostly it's been Drew Brees, but I can live with Tom Brady there. Uh, You know, there's quarterbacks I don't want to pay for either. But there's, you know, there's those top guys and I'm not getting Aaron Rodgers at all. uh, But but Breeze, I think to me, is, you know, has been is consistently a productive quarterback, as you'll find, obviously, uh, since his days with the Saints. And and I don't see that changing, uh, you know, noticeably this year. I mean, that's been the plan all along. So I guess that's the thing for me, though, is when I'm sitting there looking at a spot and I see a lot of guys I like, I just know I'm going to get them later. And uh, I have a hard time, you know, overpaying for players. So, so I am willing to wait and take my chances like that. And there's, you know, so many backs. It's, it just seems like this year it's, it's a whole different year uh, for running backs. I mean, I'm finding running backs, you know, all the way, in, you know, in best ball leagues, all the way down to 12th, 13th rounds. You know, guys like Jeremy Hill, who have been completely forgotten uh, as a best ball player, I can live with that guy, you know. Uh, in best ball. And, and I just think people are overlooking some of these guys and, and, and don't overlook either the guys that are filling in on suspension, the, the Jaquiz Rogers, the Terrence West, how Terrence West might keep that job. We we still haven't, you know, Kenneth Dixon looks good, uh, powerful guy, but you know, he's got to stay on the field. He hasn't done that yet. So don't overlook those guys that are going to be filling in a, again, especially in best ball. But if you find yourself in a, in a draft where you've maybe come up a little short at running back early, Don't be afraid to jump in on those guys. And then what do we know every year, John? There is going to be a running back. Nobody is talking about today who's going to win somebody a fantasy title or a few people are talking about today. So just keep that in mind and don't panic if you feel like you're a little behind at running back. Uh, Something's going to come up for you.
0: Yeah, just take a few shots, high upside shots, and uh, one of them may pay off for you. Uh, Speaking of high upside shots, I don't know. It's still a high price for me. Marshawn Lynch is your comeback player of the year, as you wrote in the draft book. And I wanted to ask you about him because uh, I can see the upside. I see the uh, the great offensive line. I see the Marshawn Lynch of old. Uh, I'm concerned about his body holding up. I'm a little bit worried about the uh, how he looked his last year in Seattle. Uh, a year off is you could argue that it's good because he's you know not been taking a beating for the last year. But you could also argue that he's not uh, pre- prepared to pay, uh, play play uh, NFL football. So how do you feel about Marshawn
1: Lynch? What's the case for him, for you? It's it's a two-edged sword, right? I mean, that, and you laid it out perfectly. Uh, it's the offensive line, what, ranked fourth in, you know, Pro Football Focus, late, ranked them fourth last year. They are a road grading unit. They're a good pass protection unit, don't get me wrong, but they are a road, there are some monsters on that line. And I guess, you know, I look at the thing, you know, he retired, that 2015 season was tough for him. You mentioned it. Uh, he had the sports hernia, missed nine games, and one in the playoffs, so... I mean, it was a bit of a battle, and I think he was a little disheartened. But, I mean, before that, (laughs) it's been pretty good. You know, nine years, he started about 114 games, carried the ball 2100 times, 9,000 yards, 74 touchdowns, 4.3 yards per carry. I mean, it's been all good. We know what he's capable of. I like the way the Raiders' offense looks in general. Uh, I think it's a unit still on the rise, and I think he's in a good position. I guess we should say on all these things, you know, predicting the future is risky business. It's, you know, why we don't get paid any bucks to do it or no, something <laughs> like that. Um, but, it, you know, that's the thing. You're 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 making your best guesses. And there's a lot of, you know, there we all make our we all have our misses. Um, I try to be one thing I, I do want to bring up because I think it's important is I try to be injury agnostic when I'm drafted. And it's not easy. And part of this, I mean, there's two things, you, you know, you, you let go of emotion. And 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 you can come out a little ahead and I think that you get gain a little value when you go after guys that maybe people are put off by or, or have had issues with in the past or have come up short and I mean the first thing I do after a season is I make a list of the guys who are come, who were disappointments. And those are the guys I watch over the off season who and I wanna target those guys because they're going to be cheap. I'm getting them at a discount. And I think even right now, I mean, he's going to rise some and he's risen some since he came back. But I think Lynch is, is, is maybe get is still available a little bit of a discount. So uh, I'll take the chance with him. And again, uh, you know, be prepared, you know, be prepared for failure and, and, and have a plan and be ready to adjust and, and move on to the next guy if need be. All right, so I'm going to
0: ask a follow up question on the Oakland running game, and then I'm going to. I I don't want to get. I I thought of another question, and I don't want to forget it. So don't let me forget it. Okay. All right. Uh, So Lynch. Let's say you draft Lynch. He's going pick 38 right now. Let's say you get. Let's say you get a nice value and get him in the fourth round. Um, Do you feel like it's crucial to back him up with a a running back handcuff, or do you? And who is who is it? If you do, (laughs) right? Uh, Right.
1: That's to me. That's a problem. Because I don't know who it's going to be. I've I've been going. I've I've drafted Jalen Richard uh, late in in some drafts. Uh, haven't gone with Washington yet. I don't know who it's going to be. And and I'm not a huge handcuffer. Uh, the times I'll handcuff is when I know it's somebody who will get the workload uh, when when the front line guy goes down. I I feel feel pretty confident drafting Darren McFadden right now. Uh, you know, I, I think that you have to have like those guys that, you know, can step in and have that same kind of production. I don't know if there's anyone in Oakland that would meet that expectation for me. So, so I haven't been eager. I think the times I've drafted Richard is when I just, it was a late round flyer or something. So I haven't, haven't handcuffed them. The thing I don't like about handcuffs is I don't like playing a, paying a premium. Have I mentioned I'm cheap? Yes. Um, and that's you know that's something that I think happens when there's a, a legitimate handcuff kind of guy that you know is going to come in and just shoulder that load if something happens to the front line guy. So I don't really like to pay for that unless unless I feel like I, I'm getting the, getting it at the right price. So and and in most cases I don't feel like I'm getting at the right price.
0: I would, uh, just, uh, add that, um, Joe Holka, who does our rushing expectation, I don't know if you had a chance to, to read any of his stuff. Yes. It's sort of like reception perception, Matt Harmon yes. stuff, but it's for rushing. Uh, I he, he just studied the, uh, the Oakland backfield and he, he came away thinking that DeAndre Washington is significantly better, uh, than Jalen Richard. So, uh, he thinks that, that that's going to be the way they go. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to get 20, 25 touches, but it'll probably, if, if something happens to Lynch, it'll probably be a split but he, he feels that Washington's gonna have a bit more success running the ball in that situation so and he's his price is pretty low 15th round oh, yeah. and that's why both, because we don't know what's going on right
1: both of those guys are freebies right and and, and and again I mean basically I'm dart tossing at those guys so and it would not surprise me at all if it was Washington I just, and that's the thing I mean that's why I'm not eager to get either of them I just if I had a little more clarity a little more certainty uh, I would feel better about it but I don't
0: all right, so the follow-up question I wanted to ask, follow-up player, because you're talking about uh, players that were disappointments the previous year um, and that you kind of keeping track of them. What about Doug Martin? He was great two years ago, terrible last year. He's got a, what, a three-game suspension uh, this year. Are you are you looking at him at all? He's going with pick
1: thir- 73 in MFL 10s. Right, the value is there, and, and I, guess, I guess I'll guess i take a chance on him. I don't, I'm not as confident that he's going to be, you know, look, we've all heard the off-season reporting, right? Uh-huh. How, you know, everyone is the best thing ever in their underpants in the spring, and, and, and Doug Martin is no exception. But, I mean, there's a fair amount of baggage there. Uh, you know, the most recent comments by Dirk Cutter, the head coach, you know, made it pretty clear that nothing is etched in stone. Uh, they can move on from him easily. So as long as you have that in mind and you factor that into your planning, yeah, I'm fine taking him, and I have taken him a couple times But and because the the value is there. And, uh, and and look, the reports have been impressive. And, and by the way, Adrian Peterson, also the best guy you've ever seen this year in his underpants. So uh, <laughs> don't don't sell him short either. I guess uh, I I'm not drafting much of him. But but that's you know that that's those are the kind of things we're dealing with him with Martin. Uh, I guess my greater concern is the team's plan for him. I don't know that they really have one.
0: Okay, and I uh, would say that with Martin. If you do draft Martin, if owners do draft Martin, take a look at Jaquiz Rogers, uh, pick one seventy. He's going right. to start. He's probably going to start the first three weeks. Um, I would think so.
1: I have. I'll tell you what. I have. I own a hell of a lot more Jaquiz Rogers than I do Doug Martin.
0: Right yeah. Now. Well, yeah. The price is definitely right. We'll pick one seventy. Okay. Moving on. Uh, your rookie of the year in the magazine was not a huge. I have the same guy, Leonard Fournette. Can uh, Can you make the case for him in the early third round?
1: I can. Volume. Is the only case. He, he, Tom Coughlin in volume. Yep, Tom Coughlin. I mean, and, and Doug Marone as well. I mean, Doug Marone is, is, is going to be that kind of, you know, they, they want to take the pressure off Blake Bortles. They need to take the pressure off him. Here's the key to this, though. They've got to flip the script on the games, right? Their defense yep. cannot give up 25 points a game. If their defense is still giving up 25 points a game this year, Leonard Fournette is not going to be, uh, you know, a useful pick to them right off the get-go. They need to get control of games, get a little bit of a lead early, and nurse it. And that's going to be dependent on their defense. Certainly, they have made the investment in their defense to make this happen. But they can't give up those points. And, and if and I, and I guess the assumption for me with Fournette is that's going to get better. Uh, if nothing else, they'll show up five minutes earlier because they're on TC time now. And everybody knows that showing up before the fight starts means you win the fight, right? So uh, I jest a little bit. But I do – I that that's – that's what I'm banking on here. And by the way, that's, you know, the Jaguars are defense I'm drafting a lot because, you know, nobody's keen on them. They've got a lot of disruptive playmakers, and I think that will help them out. But but on the offensive side of the ball, I'm a little worried about the offensive line. I'm a little, you know, there's plenty of concerns here. But the, the one thing that is not a concern with Fournette is his talent. And uh, the other thing that's not a concern is the volume or the anticipated volume.
0: I'm just going to throw some numbers out there with Fournette that kind of I wouldn't say sold me, but definitely a strike in the right direction was I looked at the last eight running backs taken in the top 10 that that saw at least 200 carries. And so if if he doesn't get 200 carries, something went wrong. I think we can both agree on that. Um, The the last eight running backs averaged 308 touches for 1,484 yards, 4.8 yards per carry, and 9.8 touchdowns scored. If you want to remove... Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, which people on Twitter want me to remove him all the time because he's just uh, can't happen again type of a guy. Apparently, uh, 301 touches, 1411 yards, uh, 4.7 yards per carry, and 8.9 touchdowns scored. So those are strong numbers, and, and th- in today's NFL, we're getting close to RB one territory there. So the, the the lesson here is that if you're going to draft a running back in the top ten, uh, you know you're probably going to use them. And uh, as a rookie, and I think Tom Coughlin's going to do that.
1: hundred percent. hundred percent agree with that. I also agree with Twitter. Very demanding you very are. Very demanding, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and let, me, let me just throw in the guy, the rookie that I own the most of, Dalvin Cook, because, again, the price is better. Um, I've been drafting Fournette. I'm not shying away from Fournette. If he's there and I need a running back, too, he's it. Uh, if he's available at the right point. But what I'm finding more is I'm getting Dalvin Cook a little later. Uh, Mike Zimmer, a coach not prone to hyper hyperbole when he's talking about rookies has said some pretty hyperbolic things about him. Uh, but I think the thing you look at, if you watch his college career, he's a threat to break it at any given time. Uh, I think, I think he's, I think he's where he's being drafted right now. I don't expect it to see a ton of Latavius Murray. Maybe as a goal line back, but I don't think that hurts Dalvin cook because what he does is make plays from distance.
0: Yeah. And, uh, if you saw today, uh, Latavius Murray opened the opened right. camp on Pup, and, and he's been out the whole offseason, which has given Cook extra yes. reps and extra chances to I impress
1: mean, so. And, I mean, honestly, we've seen some electrifying moments from Latavius Murray. But they're moments. I mean, in general, he's been pretty pedestrian. You know, you watch him. I mean, he's not a plotter, but he looks like one more than I, more than I care. So I want the more electric guy, and, and that's Cook right now. Yeah, and Murray, frankly, should have done better behind that line. Last year, I thought so, so too. Yeah.
0: Uh, so moving on, uh, I want to ask you about the tight end position. Uh, you listed in the magazine Julius Thomas as your long shot player. Uh, you want to just uh, talk about him a little bit, and then maybe any other tight ends you like later in the draft.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I guess you know the, the obvious connection here is he gets back together with Adam Gaze. The band is back together. Peyton Manning is not there, <laughs> but you know, last time Gaze was calling plays and Julius Thomas was involved, we have a back-to-back uh, 12 touchdown seasons. He knows how to use them. That's for sure. Uh, the Dolphins do find their way to the end zone a lot. Ryan Tannehill pretty efficient in the red zone. Uh, so I'm guessing the Gays will use him in a similar way to the way he used him. And that's, you know, if you have the ball in the three yard line and you ask Julius Thomas to take one step forward and cut to the goal line, it's just, it's a basketball play. And that's what Julius Thomas does. So I guess that's the hope, and, and, and again, it's a value kind of thing. Nobody's drafting him early. You don't have to pay for him. He's not going to be your tight end one. He's a tight end two uh, with a fair amount of upside. Uh, Miami didn't use their tight ends much last year. I suspect they'll use him more this year, and that's why I like him. There's other guys. I think there's a lot of guys worth flyers. I mean, you know, late in drafts, we're all kind of keen on Austin Hooper as maybe a breakout guy. You look at the two guys in Los Angeles, Higbee and Everett. I, you know, I'm not drafting them. But you can make an argument with Sean McVay coming over, and no offense in the NFL had more yards to the tight end last year than the Washington Redskins. These guys are kind of built in the Jordan Reed mold. But, but again, these are tight ends. You don't have to take them. They're going to be there. Stream them, people. Don't get too excited. I'm drafting Gronk early. Again, I'm injury agnostic. I don't care that he's been hurt before. I'm drafting him in the second round and, uh, and hoping for the best. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's a bunch of tight ends like the guys we're talking about now, or guys like Kyle Rudolph, even that you can draft later. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of guys I really like at tight end. If I don't get one of the top guys, one of the top tier guys, uh, you know, whether it's Gronk, Jordan Reed, did I mention the injury agnostic thing? Uh, Travis Kelsey, you know, Greg Olsen. I love Jimmy Graham this year. I think Tyler Eifert's a guy that, you know, can make plays. He's, you know, he's, you got to suck it up to take him. I mean, it's been an issue, you know, his issues have been more than Gronk's. Uh, you can still go with Delaney Walker, Hunter Henry going a little later, Marcellus Bennett, Jack Doyle. I mean, there's a handful of guys. Cameron Braid's a guy that everyone's forgotten. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think what, what he's got – if you look at his touchdown, what does he have? Ten touchdowns in the last 22 games? I mean, that's the second best of any tight end, uh, and I don't think he's going away. So there's there's no shortage of guys I could roll with if I don't get my my preferred choices. So uh, and, and Thomas is one of those guys I could roll with, more than happy to do it.
0: All right, so you listed a number of tight ends there, not yes. one, not a single one of them was a rookie tight end. Where do you stand? OJ Howard going fifteenth, and Joku going. Uh, I just, I think that's the first time I pronounced his name correctly. Nineteenth.
1: It and, uh, and did Ingram a nice job and, of that.
0: Thank you. And Ingram going twenty uh, second. Where do you stand on the the
1: rookie tight end situation this year? Um, well, there's plenty of guys that I've seen play that I would rather draft, and and I have a, a standard uh, procedure I use in cases like this. Uh, it, you know, let somebody else be the hero. Look, if you draft Ingram and he wins you a title, good on you. Congratulations. I will shake your hands and I'll think about it all off season. But but I'm not that, that guy. I'm not drafting those guys. Howard, I think, is going to be a great player. Um, but there's just I mean, honestly, I would draft Brait well ahead of Howard uh, without without hesitation. So, I mean, I'm not against them. I'm just not for him And I'm not and I'm not and I'm not. And I'm not and again, the cheap thing, not paying for them, especially when they're, you know, going with a high ADP. just not. All right, do it.
0: so here's a, here's a guy that has had some hype this offseason, and he is still dirt cheap. And it's sort of my uh, theory that when a guy has burned enough owners over the years, nobody wants to draft him, and his ADP just never rises no matter what happens. I'm just going to throw out the name, Austin Safarian Jenkins. What do you think? Yeah,
1: yeah he, look, I, I haven't drafted him, but I'm willing but you won't have to. And that's the thing about guys like this. You'll be able to grab him off the waiver wire and, you know, he'll start off with a suspension. Uh, I have a corny saying that I use for guys like this. And there's many of them, Uh, you know, there's a time when you need to be the fantasy fireman run into the burning building of value and drag the body out. You know, I mean, it's just, don't be afraid of these guys just because they have past issues. This is fantasy football. You can have free agent moves. You can adjust, adapt, overcome. If you take a chance on a guy, take it late in your draft where it's not going to hurt you. And then if it actually helps you, you come out big. I mean, it's it's don't be afraid of these kind of players. I mean, and that's something we, you know, it goes back to my basic theory about fantasy football. The better it's just almost like life, John. You know, if you can divorce emotion, remove emotion. Have you made a good decision out of emotion that you can remember something? You think, wow, that was really a good thing I did out of uh, total anger or out of total fear, or, you know, or, you know, horror, disappointment. No, divorce the emotions as you're making your draft, as you're going through. Forget about the past. Don't worry about these guys if they have a history or whatever. It's a game. You can get past this if if somebody comes up a little short for you, because guys are every year. Somebody's going to come up short. Hell, five guys are going to come up short. You're going to need to make these adjustments, but take a chance on the guys with the upside, because those are the guys that win you titles. And guess what? Nobody remembers who came in second place after the season or why they came in second place. They say, Oh, that other dude's champ during that. <laughs> I like that. I like that.
0: We're going to, I'm going to have to put that in my, as my ringtone, I think, uh, <laughs> uh, Austin, Safarian Jenkins is down 25 pounds. I'm just yep. going to give you, I'm going to give you the hype case right now. 20, down 25 pounds. It. He's been sober since January 21st. So that's great for him. Uh, he's cleaning up his uh, life and, uh, he was called the most, uh, impressive player on the field by, uh, Connor Hughes of NJ N- N- Advance Media uh, this year, so uh, it's been a good spring for him. We'll see if he's able to. He's going to be suspended for the two uh, games, as Bob mentioned. Um, but uh, after that, he might be worth uh, looking at. Right. As a and and remember,
1: Chan-, Chan Gailey's gone. The anti-tight end coach is gone. They're going to need a tight end, with Johnny Morton, running the offense. So, uh, I mean, I think that there is there is ample reason to believe this uh, to, to believe this whole. Uh, safarian jenkins hype i mean guys do eventually mature you know remember we're dealing with kids uh don't have the best decision making skills according to Ezekiel elliott um at <laughs> a young age so so you know give somebody a chance but again you're not gonna have to draft this guy you can watch him or you can draft him and sit him i mean you know if you have a deeper roster and it's not going to cost you anything you know move on if nothing comes of it move on be watching we're all grinding the waiver wire don't be afraid to do that
0: yeah, you know who else has gone? Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. So that's some more targets that are available True. for him too. So, all right. So, uh, you're, you're, are you avoiding
1: DeMarco Murray? You haven't drafted him yet. So let's... I haven't drafted him yet. I don't know if I'm avoiding him or I just don't like the price. Or I mean, look, I I get, uh, I think this offense for starters, they're going to be, they're going to continue running the ball. And, and I, I, I remember when we all giggled at the whole Mike Mularkey exotic smash mouth well who's giggling now not many people because it kind of works and uh and I think they're going to continue doing it and and DeMarco Murray's first in line to to do the smashing and he did a bang up job of it last year but he got nicked up and he slowed down a little bit and Derrick Henry is there and you know they made a pretty sizable investment in him and it's funny I was talking to Jeremy Hill let me name drop talking to Jeremy Hill about a week ago And, you know, when he talked about Joe Henry, look, they didn't draft this guy in the second round to let him watch. He's there to play. I mean, you know, and and I would say the same of Derrick Henry, who is a freakish individual, in case we've forgotten since we last saw him. Um, Looks like a defensive tackle with a running back move. So I guess I'm not down on Murray. I'm just leery of the situation. And what are we looking for? Again, volume and value. I don't think I'm getting great value. And I'm a little worried about the volume. Look, he might get it. Might be fine. Everything might be okay. Just at that price, there's just enough question there that I'm not buying in 100%. And, in fact, I'm buying in 0% so far.
0: Yeah, I end up drafting somebody else in the second round. Not that that I dislike him. Sometimes when he uh, goes to the third, I get him early third. That's kind of where I can get Murray. Uh, The other thing that worries me a little bit about Tennessee and that offense is that they did make heavy investments in the passing game with uh, drafting Corey Davis and then uh, signing... uh, uh, Eric Decker uh, as well. So it looks like they want to throw the ball a little bit more, and that might make it a little... Still,
1: that that offensive line, though, I mean, that, you know. that's a good argument. Pro run, Um, and Mike Malarkey, I mean, he will want to throw the ball. And, I, think you know, look, they can take their shots down the field. One of my favorite value plays right now is Richard Matthews, who I think people have just decided that Eric Decker and Corey Davis are the best things since sliced bread. Apparently, they look really good in their undershorts uh, in spring or something. But... But we know what Rashard Matthews did in an established relationship with Marcus Mariota last season. I mean, down the stretch, he was wide receiver 15. I mean, it it was good stuff and he was averaging a lot of targets. So uh, I don't think he's going away and his price right now really appeals to me. Yeah, I
0: think he's being the third uh, right. t- Tennessee receiver off the board now, so which is which right. is eye-opening. So uh, you mentioned the quarterback position. You usually go late-round quarterback. This will be my last question for you, and I'll let you go. All right. um, you, you talked about Drew Brees a little bit in the fourth, fifth round. Let's say you don't get that, uh, and you're going late-round quarterback. Are there a couple guys that uh, that really appeal to you at their current ADPs?
1: I will wait forever. Look, I could live with Eli Manning. Guess what? He's got a bunch of really good receivers. I could wait for Carson Palmer. You look down his last eight games. Was it last year? Uh, he was playing good football. Look, I don't want to have to count on him, but when you're getting these late round guys, these are the these are the kind of uh, players you're going to wind up with. And I can live with him. Dalton, what was it? Uh, 2015, quarterback five, quarterback three uh, to end the season, something in that range. He plays with a fellow named AJ Green. That guy is good. Um, so I-, I can live with any of these guys. I, you know, I- I'm-, I'm I'm a little leery of something like the Tannehills. I think he could be okay. I think Blake Bortles, you know, the garbage time points were there. I could live with that if I had to. Sam Bradford in his second season with the same coordinator, a guy that knows him well. He was pretty effective last year coming into an uncertain situation. So I can play with any of these guys. I mean, honestly, once we get past that, that top tier, uh, and for, for me, the top tier goes down to well, 12, 13 quarterbacks. So if I'm still, you know, if I'm playing with Phillip Rivers, if I'm playing with Tyrod Taylor, if he had Sammy Watkins for a whole season you go back to what two years ago sammy walkins the, the final nine games there was nobody in football playing as well as him if he's healthy and he's that guy again tyrod taylor's gonna benefit from it i could and he's, plus he's a mobile quarterback i could live with any of these guys honestly once i get down there hell give me jared goff i'm good to go well okay maybe not maybe not maybe not good to go but uh, i'll go You're,
0: you heard it here uh draft jared goff from ah! the hall of famer
1: <laughs> bob
0: harris uh, Bob, is there anything you'd like to plug before we go?
1: I would like to plug 4 for or I'm a contributor. It's a great site. Also, if you like to look at other sites, uh, Football Diehards is a site that I work at pretty much exclusively, other than what I do from 4for4. And if you want to go there and subscribe, uh, we'll give you $5 off uh, if you use the code DIEHARDS. Uh, we do have a number of magazines out there. John Paulson appears in one of them. Uh, Josh Moore also from 4 for 4. Uh, we have a whole range of those. If you buy those, uh, you get the access to the website for free. And that's kind of cool, too. So we realize magazines are a snapshot in time and we build on that using the website. So don't be afraid to dive into those books, the Pro Forecast, the Cheat Sheets, the Draft Book and Football Diehards magazines, which won the award last year for the best magazine in print by the uh, FSWA.
0: Well, congratulations on that. I was just actually Yay. looking.
1: I'm sorry, I was a little slow on the response there, but I was looking at our uh,
0: draft grid from our draft book uh, draft, and I waited a long time on quarterback. I ended up with Carson Wentz and Ryan Tannehill, so that didn't work out I that do. well.
1: Honestly, I could live. I could live with those guys. I yeah, mean, uh, you know, once you get to past that point, I guess with quarterbacks, John, you look at you know the the week to week production, and uh, you know all those guys are capable of putting up a solid total on a weekly basis and you know, maybe not Aaron Rodgers' numbers, maybe not Tom Brady's numbers, but you know, definitely, within four definitely five, five points then within four or five ten points of that. I'll survive. <laughs> I'll make it up somewhere else, but not Jared Goff. Take that whole thing about Goff back. That's going to come back to haunt me.
0: <laughs> I've got you on tape. Ah! All right. Thank you. Football diehard Bob Harris for coming on uh, the second installment of my draft uh, strategy series. It's great to have you on. Um, and, uh, next week or actually later this week, I'm hoping to re- uh, record one more, uh, volume in this, uh, epic, uh, series. So thanks a lot, Bob, for coming on. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll see you next week on actually later this week. Fans football's most accurate podcast.